Hi, I'm Warwick Mutznik, and this is SEO in 2023. Alright, what is your number one SEO tip for 2023? Look at your CV and think about everything you say in the interview to nail your dream job in 2023 SEO. Okay, okay. So if you're an SEO and you're thinking of um, moving up the ladder or moving on in your career and you want to give yourself the best opportunity to get a decent job um, over the next year, then what you're saying is get your CV right and think about how you're going to perform at the interview, I guess. So let's start with a CV then. Maybe <laughs> starting with mistakes. What are common mistakes that you see in CVs of SEOs? I think that it's very important, especially when you're agency side and you want to move in-house, to spend that extra time on your CV. The reason I'm saying this is because it's just the easy way out to send hundreds of CVs uh, that are the same, whereas you can have slight tweaks, very important tweaks to it, and uh, you can actually adapt it to the actual job description if it's a job that you really want. So a few things that I'm, you know, a few mistakes that I'm seeing is uh, sometime I'm looking for a lot of international roles, so non-English speakers. Uh, however, the CVs that I'm getting are also not in English, but if you're applying for an international company, for example, and in general, I recommend to always apply in English, especially because not everybody in the recruiting process understands your language. So it's important to well, grow your target audience, basically, and um, English is also a very critical skill in the, in the workplace, uh, regardless where you are from in the world. So you, you can never go wrong with an English TV. Okay, that's a great tip. So essentially what you're saying is if you're applying for an SEO role with an international company in, for example, a country like France, then what you would do is you'd have your French CV, but you'd also have an English version of your CV as well. Yes, definitely, especially for big multinationals uh, that not everybody, you can have an HR department in America or in the UK, not necessarily in France, uh, by your example. So it'll be good for them to uh, have it localized, if you will, to their language. So that, that always goes a long way. And talking about America, uh, are there any distinct differences that um, US recruiters are looking for in a CV or as they call it resume instead of actually perhaps uh, a more European version? I don't think that the differences are that, that you can look at them from a European versus American version. I think every role uh, is looking for the particular elements of it. I think that clarity is really important. So again, I'm, I'm referring to in-house because that's where my vast of experience belongs. So if you're agency side and you want to apply to a role, whether uh, in-house, whether in Europe or in America, being agency side, that means that you worked on quite a lot of brands, usually uh, in a very quick uh, timescale. Some of them you've done in-depth work on, some of them briefly. Uh, I would suggest to definitely mention uh, the brands that you've worked on. It's okay. There's no one there to, to look at your CVs and uh, from a different company. It's all very internal. It's all very discreet. So there is absolutely no doubt no one is going to go to these uh, big companies and uh, just you know, tell them that you've been interviewing after working on their account. So in that case, I wouldn't fear. And I would just put the brands that you worked on, especially if those brands are relevant to the workplace that you're applying for. Uh, in our case, for example, in Forbes, any experience in, in the financial background, fintech, for example, and you work in an agency and you just said, I was an SEO executive or I was an SEO manager in an agency, 
versus if you say i was an seo manager at an agency and i worked on the uh for example lloyd's bank account and i work on for example uh in any different big banks so that would mean mm. a lot versus the previous version when you haven't mentioned any of the specific clients obviously this you can adapt to any company that you can apply in because people are looking for the relevant experience no matter where you're from uh, and having worked in an agency where you do a lot of things over a lot of brands, it's very important to be specific on exactly what did you do there on this brand and how deeply were you involved. So I would spend that time. Uh, you can have a general template as well, for example, and you can use your biggest client and just detail everything that you were doing for for them results is also very important so for example uh you're responsible for uh, a site migration that site migration re resulted in them being not losing their traffic or being top 10 for the top keywords anything like that growth in percentages all those are very very good and will definitely get you on top of the cv pile Great, lots of advice there. So obviously your initial advice, I'm talking about digging out specific elements from the job description, adapting yes. the CV a little bit to make it a little bit more relevant for the particular role. You, you're not being untruthful with um, your background, but what you're doing is you're zeroing in on the specific experience that's m likely to be much more relevant for the job role as well. So would you also recommend taking out experience that's um, probably not so relevant for the job role and just focusing on experience that's that's more relevant for the job? That's a very good question, actually. And I think that really depends on uh, the amount of information that you have on your CV already. I would opt not to trim anything anything out because I think that the more experience you have, the better. I would, as you said, definitely pick and choose uh, my experience if it's relevant for the role. However, if your experience is more on the thin side, for example, of things that are highly relevant for this role that you're applying to, make sure that you maybe highlight, uh, of course, highlight the rest of your experience, but perhaps uh, specific features of uh, your years of experience. Uh, let's say, for example, if you've done content strategy for a particular brand that has nothing, nothing to do with the brand that you're applying for now, uh, but also uh, go back to the job description and look at basically what you will be doing on a day-to-day. -day. Every job describes what you'll be doing on a day-to-day, -day, what your day-to-day -day looks like. So take a different company that's not relevant, perhaps, that you had experience with and say that you've been doing those things. Uh, obviously, if you have been doing those things, I'm not telling you absolutely not to lie. Uh, but you, if you've been doing those things, highlight them. So th that's another way that you can approach it. If you haven't worked in a relevant company, make sure that you highlight that part of your experience that relevant to the day-to-day -day of what you know this role is requiring okay so you've got your cv in a good state you've applied for a job and you've got a job interview so what are some of the key things that you need to do to prepare to make it more likely that you'll get that seo job so i would definitely after the cv stage won't say goodbye to the job description what i normally do and i think it's definitely a good bonus for uh, someone uh, interviewing is to have that uh, job description handy because then you would be able to kind of prepare yourself. So as you prepared your CV to to match that, so prepare kind of your narrative and uh, think about the kind of questions you'll be asked about your experience. And then again, go back to that day to day of what this job is requiring and think about 
how you tailor in your speech, how your experience with that day-to-day uh, links back to what this job is looking for. So definitely keep that handy. And I also think it's okay if you haven't matched your uh, CV or your experience to the specific role, you can use the interview to do that. So for example, if your CV looks like company name and role, company name and role, some companies, not everybody knows. So the interview gives you a chance to connect back to the job that's being searched and elaborate on that and say, okay, so in this company, that's a small startup and not a lot of people know it. I was doing the content strategy top to bottom. I was responsible for that. I was uh, responsible for a few writers. I have managerial experience, all those type of things, all those important things that this job is looking for. And I would also do something really important, which is actually listening to the recruiting manager or to the recruiter. Uh, usually what happens is when I uh, go on the phone with candidates. Uh, so the first thing I at least do is to give background on this role. So in addition to this job description, I'm also explaining to you again, giving you context on what I'm looking for. What's the perfect person I'm looking for uh, this role, what the person will be doing, what the team size is. And I give a lot of information and background. So my recommendation is simply listen to me, listen to what I'm saying and think about how you're going to adapt your experience to what I just said. Like, how are you going to convince me that, you know, to what you just said, I'm the perfect match because I used to do that and I used to do that. So it's very important to listen and, you know, prepare with a CV, listen to what the recruiter is saying, listen to, to the questions and the directions, because I always try to signal the things that matter to me. So try to find and dig into your experience and see if you can find these things that matter to me. And also that's your chance to explain, uh, you know, your role, your importance in the different roles that you were doing, because, well, the CV is a very limited real estate. You can't fit in much. So talk about the projects that you've been doing. Talk about how important you were to the business. If you haven't written that already, talk about, you know, percentages of growth, talk about results. And the one question that I like to ask people that I'm interviewing uh, is what is an SEO project that you're particularly proud of, that you feel ownership of, and you know, that you're very proud of the results of it. And that's a point where candidates are really, you know, really happy with themselves and, uh, and share a project, especially if that has to do with something that I'm interested in. So that's like, I'm giving you a, a clean runway to impress me by that. Yeah, I really love your ad advice there, especially about um, keeping the job description handy, really zeroing in on exactly the text within that job description. And that'll actually let you perhaps even predict uh, some of the questions that you're likely to be asked. And then you can go away and think about specific experiences that you've had in the past, uh, wins that you've had in the past, uh, to give us great examples. Because obviously recruiters are, are as, as you demonstrated from your last um, question there that um, the, the a project that you're proud of question interviewers are looking for specific examples of um, what SEOs have done successfully in the past now these are kind of specific tangible examples what, what about more soft skills uh, what soft skills are recruiters looking for in SEOs nowadays that's a wonderful question. Well, to me at least, uh, and I think to a lot of people, I think you got to spend those, you know, one, two minutes before the interview, kind of hype yourself out uh, up to, to encourage yourself to build some confidence, because that's what we're looking for. We're looking for confidence. We're looking for confidence in those answers. One of the things that I'm very much looking, looking for in my candidates 
is proactiveness. So I'm usually looking for people, you know, all over. It could be an SEO manager. It could be a junior SEO. I'm looking for, for people who are keen. I'm looking for people who are enthusiastic and, and confident. So don't be shy. You know, the, the recruiter at the end of the day is looking to find uh, the best person for the role. And the best people for the roles are usually people who have the capability to like hit the ground running or at least have that enthusiasm to you know, to, to hold on to the different things that would help them uh, hit the ground running. They really want the job. So, you know, I know enthusiasm is, is kind of not everybody is enthousia enthusiastic. People are, can be quite shy, which is okay. And I will try to work with the candidate on like, you know, opening up a little bit. I know it's a stressful situation, but at the end of the day, don't forget, you know, we're people. So you can always break the ice with, you know, a little bit of humor, a little bit of small talk in the beginning. But be confident, uh, show your enthusiasm, uh, I guess, even if it's, if it's not true and even if you're not really enthusiastic. But I think it's really important because it's, it's just going to give you a little bit of hint on how communicative are you going to be and, and how capable are you to doing this job. And uh, if you hit the, the ground running with this, this kind of enthusiasm is contagious so you can get other people to to go your way and these are the kind of subtleties that i'm looking for and uh just just one more thing just make sure that you're not too fast and make sure you know that, like very technicalities don't be too fast have good lighting make sure that your internet is right those are very important things because sometimes i just you know i can't hear the candidate throughout most of it and it's very difficult i i don't have time to reschedule with the candidate for example yeah. and uh it, it could be that i could be missing out but there's also a lot of candidates so what i'm saying is just have make sure that you have optimal conditions uh ahead of the interview make sure that you are confident in yourself and be confident with yourself because there's no reason if you apply to this job you believe that you have the skills to fill it so Connect to that, connect to the job description and just be confident and let that confidence show through. Yes. And, and I guess a lot of job roles are actually looking for people to work from home nowadays as well as in the office or maybe a combination of them both. Of so to a certain degree, you're checking to see that they've got a reasonable working from home environment and they're, they're likely to be productive as well. In terms of just lastly, um, other skills, quite a few SEOs nowadays also have to work effectively with other departments. They have to influence other stakeholders, product teams, perhaps other people in marketing departments. Are you generally looking for examples of SEOs working with other departments as well? A hundred percent. We have a very big department and in every previous role that I held, I, it's big in-house role. So there's always a lot of departments to work with. And for us uh, specifically, every role uh, from the junior side to the more senior uh, SEO manager role, they all work with different departments and they all have to be influential enough and communicative enough uh, to work with other departments. And that is a key skill that I'm looking for. Uh, that's why I'm saying this enthusiasm is, is contagious and not only to motivate people to do their job, the, the people that you depend on, because obviously SEOs are not independent. They rely on product teams, as you said, they rely on writers uh, and content people. They rely on designers, they rely on technical developers, etc. So many people. So the point is to being to always keeping it simple, always uh, making sure to adapt your narrative to the different department, always encouraging others. And I think a very important part of it, in addition to, to getting along with it and, and with them and communicating with them, 
I think it's also important to be able to know how to leverage their wins because then it's like the opposite of a vicious, vicious circle. It's like a good circle uh, where they produce things for you because you are going to shine on that accomplishment and share that accomplishment with everybody and they'll be more motivated to help you. And then it comes like a circle of good deeds, uh, if you will, and uh, everybody will be motivated to work with you because uh, they'll see you as an advocate for their achievements as well. So you've shared what SEOs should be doing to find their dream job in 2023. So now let's talk about what SEOs shouldn't be doing. So what's something that's seductive in terms of time, but ultimately counterproductive? What's something that SEOs shouldn't be doing in 2023? So yeah, exactly as you said. So seductive in terms of time, uh, if I'm looking for a job, then uh, I have my CV, I can send that and shoot 100 CVs. But that's not going to be productive because a lot of... uh, Every role is kind of looking for their particularities. I'm not saying it's 100% not to do because, of course, there's like the the balance between time and uh, and productivity and and trying to reach as many uh, employers as you like as you like. So you can do that as well. However, if you find the the handful of jobs that you really really want, then make sure that you adapt it by job descriptions. Just don't send a blank generic CV to a job that you really really want because you basically just crash and burn and it's something that you really wanted just because you wanted to save some time. Don't save time over the jobs that you potentially really really want. Orit is SEO director at Forbes and you can find her by searching Orit Motznik on LinkedIn. Orit, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2023. My pleasure. Thank you, David. Get your copy of SEO in 2023, the book, over at seoin2023.com. 